17, week 16 of the fantasy football season DFS for the rest of us is the Footballers DFS podcast. By the way, if you're not part of the DFS package, which we have over you guys, Chris, Meany, myself, tons of articles over there to help you out with your lineups. In addition to this show, put in the code word podcast and get 10% off. And it's, uh, hey, the season's winding down, so I feel like this is, we're the opposite of the seasonal, guys. Like, our listenership goes up while, like, the readership goes down because everybody's like, well, I'm out of my league, so I go play DFS now. Yeah, man, you, we only have so many main slates left. You're trying to give them away, telling people that's week 17, man? Come on, know, we have only right. got so many. I mean, it's almost the best time of the year for, for playoffs. I mean, I'm, I'm just getting uh, pumped for that. And now we have a nice Saturday slate, which I think we're going to touch on very briefly, but those slates yeah. are great too. So, uh, it's, it's just a great time of year to play DFS. Cause all these people from season long, maybe their season's over giving it a try for maybe their first time. So hopefully we have some new people listening. We don't, uh, don't uh, let them down. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, this is a great time actually to play DFS. There's so much value. We were, you know, last week we were gushing over all the value there. Brashad Perriman, who, who turned out to be a pretty good value to say the <laughs> least last week. So it's an interesting time. It, it's a tricky time too, because there's a lot of teams that are just checked out, not playing for anything. But uh, I typically like to, to kind of target those games and tournaments. Yeah, and you also, you guys both missed the best part of this. It's Star Wars weekend, so there you go, on top of that. Oh, yes, how could you forget? (laughs) All the greatness rolled into one. Before we get into that, I just wanted to ask you guys, because the Pro Bowl was announced with 8 billion people from the Ravens, so if they make the Super Bowl, they're going to switch out the entire team. But (laughs) just your guys, Pro Bowl, but see, I don't want, you know, okay, Lamar Jackson, Michael Tom, no. I like, I want your Pro Bowlers, because, like, for example, Joe, I have a feeling... It's either Noah Fant and Mike Kosicki at tight end. Like, like your guys. Like, you guys know this. Like, I'll give you one of mine in initially. It's Naked Jameis. You guys know that's my Pro Bowlers, Naked Jameis, this entire year because I used them about 14 times. I, I, and I've used them a lot, too. So I knew you were going to go there with Jameis. So I'll, I'll let you have Jameis. I guess the other guy that I played a lot of this season is, is Josh Allen. And, you know, at the start of the season, he was just – I thought he was disrespected in terms of pricing. I don't want to say he's, he's like – Lamar Jackson, but he had a lot of he had this, a lot of the same similarities in terms of just a safe rushing floor. There wasn't a lot of too many uh, dud games from from Josh Allen. Of course, he didn't have the the touchdown games like Lamar Jackson did. Did but, you just call him Lamar Jackson light skin? Uh, kind of. <laughs> I didn't say those words because I didn't want to be you know attacked. But you know, from a season long standpoint, he's quarterback six. I mean, right. he was underrated in the in the season long world, and he was underrated in the in the DFS world, especially off the top in terms of pricing. I think an easy one at, at quarterback probably would have been to go like Ryan Tannehill, just because he's had just such a crazy season. But I yeah. think from like a DFS perspective, someone that I've probably played more than most, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, just coming back from the dead a little bit. I, I feel like I play. I've just been following around Miami, either stacking up the other side of the game or stacking up Fitzpatrick, just because such a condensed target share there. So I'm going to go with Fitzpatrick for quarterback. I've just been. I feel like I played him a ton. So should we just like 
Chris say Chris Carson for running back? <laughs> Mr. Chris Carson. Yeah, I mean, he was great again last week, Jake. It was no surprise. I mean, his ownership was was through the roof, but it was good chalk with him. I know it was a tournament. I think it was the PME Listener League. I think his ownership was like 46, but Patrick Laird was like almost 70. <laughs> it's like there's good chalk and there's bad chalk. And Chris Carson's been pretty consistent all year. And then, of course, go ahead, say it, Christian hey, McCaffrey. Yeah. Leonard Fournette. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think our boy Lenny deserves uh, some recognition here, even though it wasn't hasn't been great since Jacksonville's kind of uh, started to completely give up. But I, I think that something I didn't see coming was just how involved he would be in the passing game. Like we knew he was capable, uh, but the, just their ability to kind of lean on him in that way this year, he was just so underpriced for almost the entire season. If we're just looking at things like volume at running back, so. Uh, yeah, pretty clearly Leonard Fournette a running back for me. Well, you know, you know mine because you wanted to give it to me every single week was Derrick Henry. <laughs> you hated the, you say, hey, but look, you shook your head. How many times did it work? A I lot. I mean, that's the. I mean, that guy's cost me a lot of money this year, but I, yeah. I still think that the. I mean, it's it's the same thing every year. There's a guy like this that I just can't get over in my head. It's like the uh, the blunt season for the Patriots. Right. Like, I didn't play him the right. entire year. He had like 12 touchdowns. There. I mean, he had more than that, didn't he? Oh, so yeah. like, I mean, he wasn't 18. in play for me on DraftKings, but he just like kept getting there. So no, yeah, the logic is certainly there. And to be honest with you, uh, I think you guys know this. What I was going to bring us the second name is I shifted to Ezekiel Elliott over the fat, fat past couple weeks because of his price drop and the fact that he was scoring 15, 20, 23. And like, he still wasn't getting the ownership there. So Zeke actually won me some money the past couple weeks. Wide receiver. Like, I don't think that, and that's the thing. Why? You know, Chris, you texted back. I said, I don't think we can say Michael Thomas because we didn't play a lot of Michael Thomas. Like, we always talked about him, mm-hmm. but we also never really played him much. So I'm kind of curious. Joe, your, your pick here first. Sure. Yeah, I think we should probably focus on guys that we've had a lot of this year. And for me, right. it's been uh, DJ Moore for Carolina. So, I mean, he, we had him in the 5K range for what felt like five or six weeks, and I was just playing him every single week. And now he's kind of up to where um, he probably should have been most of the year at around 6,900 on DraftKings this week. Uh, he's really... Uh, getting up there but he's probably worth it and I feel like there was just such a time where I mean same thing with Leonard Fournette they just weren't pricing this guy up in terms of his volume so I'm gonna go with DJ Moore I think I've played him a ton as well yeah that's a good call and DJ Moore is interesting again this week because Jake you know this with with the chats at the athletic a lot of people just hesitant to play DJ Moore because of the quarterback switch and you know it may actually be better this week I'll go with Devontae Parker probably because you know a couple years ago and and if Mike and Andy and Jason are listening you know and they (laughs) at the footballers when they ask you to come on and give like a sleeper pick at the start of the season a couple years ago I said Devontae Parker and they never invited me back again (laughs) and for all the people that listen and probably draft Devontae Parker and lost out on all the other leagues hopefully listening to this show this year and us pumping Devontae Parker and the value that they were able to get some money back. I mean, Parker's been pretty consistent all year long. You go to week two against the Pats where he had nothing. Other than that, it's been a touchdown or 50 yards, you know, and again, a couple weeks ago, he left with an injury. And then last week when a lot of people still didn't want to buy into him, he finds the end zone twice against the Giants. So Parker's been a great value all year. Yeah, I, I like that one. Both of mine have initials because this is another one where I had to pivot late into the season, uh, mostly because injury for him. But originally, you guys know this, DJ, truck, 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 DJ. <laughs> yeah, he's great, too. <laughs> With Beowulf. I was all as on him for a long time. Actually, you can bring in Gardner Minshew into that conversation for a while there. And then that went out the window, and it was an easy pivot right to A.J. Brown, which was just a lot of fun down late. I mean, there were some down games, but if, for what it paid off more than it didn't, so tight end, I'm going to let you guys go because, as Chris would know, if you look at my season-long 
rankings over on Fantasy Pros. I'm like, top 12, top 12, top 12, number one in defense, 102nd in tight ends. And it's mostly because everybody about after eight or so streaming tight ends, I just, I, I can't get it right any given week. So my tight end is just George Kittle because I, I often paid up for George Kittle just because I didn't want to deal with that nonsense. I think that's fair. Can we just say any tight end that played against the Cardinals all season? Yes. No, because yes, it missed, that's what it I was missed four say. times. Four, I mean, but it won us so much. That's a pretty so good hit much, rate against, for tight end. Yeah, it won us so much money. I'm just looking at the game log now. I mean, Hawkinson hadn't done anything all year. Week one, he went off. Andrew's coming out party. He had a solid season, but he was very strong at the start of the season. Will Disley, I mean... They're, the Austin Hooper obviously was great, but Allison, your boy, Rhett, Allison, Jake found the end zone but against But nobody them. was using him because everybody was on Evan Ingram, so that's actually five, technically. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. O.J. Howard. O.J. No, no, because couple good games, Tyler Eifert, Josh Hill, as you just mentioned, Evan Ingram. Higby. Uh, uh, well, no, I'm starting to think Vance McDonald. He did get hurt, granted, but there's one more I'm forgetting that didn't hit. They, it was five times, technically. Well, I'll even throw out Vance McDonald. didn't hit four times. I'll take five bad weeks yeah. of tight end out of 16. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This position's the worst. Well, we like, haven't had 16 yet. Well, and I thought you reminded us earlier that it's week 17, so now yeah, I'm exactly. up. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I, I think that the Noah Fant thing, though, just because like what we want from tight end is ideally – some sort of ceiling, but also a guy that's underpriced, which he's been most of the year. And he's also just not been owned across like most of the season. So I think that from a tournament perspective, he's definitely gotten some people there at super low ownership, uh, a tight end that, yeah, I mean, he did basically nothing the beginning of the year. And we kept talking about him because the usage, the routes were there. Um, sometimes these these rookies just take a little bit longer. So he's definitely my MVP uh, for tight end for sure. Actually, I will say, kidding, kidding, jokes aside, uh, often my $5,000 pick on FanDuel has hit at least 2x. So, I mean, it's not the best, but I, I've been finding those like the Ian Thomases of the world. I was yeah. with you the one week on Noah Higby. Fan. Yeah, Higby. Hig 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 Everett yeah, Higby's at 1.2. Been Higby's been great since ever. Actually, you could have just rolled Everett for a while and then yes. transitioned straight to Higby, and it would Absolutely. have been very nice. So real quick, as Joe mentioned, we're going to talk about the Saturday games just because there's a full slate if you want to play. Well, full-ish slate. There's a full slate to play with three games. So uh, not necessarily your captain spot, but like maybe one or two picks you're looking at for Saturday for people in case they want to play, Joe. Yeah, so I think that one thing that probably goes understated for these type of contests is you should really be late swapping the entire time. So like the first right. game is going to be incredibly popular, Houston and Tampa Bay. I think that's where most of the ownership is going to go anyway. So I think one of the better ways to approach these slates is not just to go completely ignore the first game. I don't necessarily think that's right. Maybe being slightly underweight, giving yourself a little bit more flexibility, because if you're behind going into the second game, like significantly behind, you can always make moves from there. But if you happen to land on the one or two pieces from that first game that does really well you can kind of play chalky the rest of the way because there's people that had guys in that first game that maybe didn't get there so um, I do think it's a an interesting slate overall like I, I kind of like the idea of going to someone like George Kittle in that third game like having the flexibility to have George Kittle in that spot because maybe you end up uh, needing to pivot to someone else um, down there maybe you have Higby at a little bit lower ownership in that that last game so I, I like the idea of having tight end in my last game so I'm going to go with uh, with George Kittle 6500 on DraftKings seems like a still a decent price tag for him against the Rams yeah I think that's a great call because if you look at the three games it's very obvious like Houston and Tampa is is that high total game it's it's the game where we expect some points from Buffalo New England we don't really expect a whole I mean I personally don't expect a whole lot it was Tom Brady's worst game of the year 3.8 yards per per attempt I know it was in in Buffalo but even last year 
against this Bills team in New England, he really struggled against them as well. So they've actually had their number defensively against Tom Brady. Julian Edelman's banged up. So, I mean, James White and Singletary, probably the only two I'm interested in that game. But I love the call with Kittle and maybe on the other side with Higby, as we just mentioned. Um, Jared Goff did not look good against San Fran when he played them <laughs> earlier in the year. He didn't even get to 100 yards passing. But if you are looking to just be a little bit different and you expect San Fran to probably shut down Todd Gurley, uh, maybe there's going to be a few passes there for Higby. But I love the Kittle call. And, you know, looking at Houston Tampa, I'll probably take some shots on like guys like Will Fuller, Kenny Stills. I know Perriman's probably going to be pretty expensive there as well. But. Um, you know, Winston's going to have to throw to somebody. <laughs> he's, he leads the league in passing attempts, and they have nothing to offer on the ground. See, but that's where I'm actually going the other way. Joe knows this. I talked about it before we came on the show. Is If I'm going in that game, I'm leaning completely Houston and away from Tampa Bay because, uh, Chris, we talked about this on the throwback show on The Athletic. I, I think people need to realize, like, yes, Jameis Winston, you just said, I'm not disagreeing with you. I still think he's attempting 30, 35, possibly even 40 pass attempts. But let's be real about the – talent disparity between Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Brashad Perriman and Justin Watson. Like we like, let's be honest here. And with the downside of Jameis Winston, we've seen twice this year, one bad game as a whole. And then one, of course, with the five turnovers is that that's the downside of, you know what? Brashad Perriman and Justin Watson are not like Evans and Chris Godwin, no matter how many times Winston throws it. So, and he's got that throwing with a tennis ball finger thing going on. Hey, it well. worked I'm, out for him last week. Right, tennis and balls. that's what I'm saying. We know the upside, but I'm saying, similar to Joe's point, I mean, you can, you can come out of the 1 o'clock game looking really pretty if you sit on the other side of it, let everybody chase the Winston because of the pricing of Perriman and Watson. Everybody's going to be stacking the crap out of that. You come out of the 1 o'clock game, and now you're sitting pretty for the 4. And the late, Again, I agree. Joe's great on that point is, you know, make sure you're leaving some options late swap-wise because it is a small slate, so you need that flexibility. But let's talk about Sunday, and let's get into what we always do in the cash game picks. Straight cash, homie. And let's start at running back, as we always do. And right off the top, I'm going to jump into one before you guys even mention yours, because I know you're going Chris McCaffrey. I know you're going Chris Carson. <laughs> I know those are you guys. I want to bring up the one. Joe Mixon, are we okay at his price to be chalk? You want to guess his projected ownership, guys? I'm going to get go. Joe, you go first. Guess it. 25. Uh, Chris. Yeah, I was going to say like 30, but I, it seems ex- seems extreme. No, so Joe Joe's closer at the twenty five. He's at twenty, but to give you an example of the next closest, as of today, Saquon Barkley's at eleven in second place. Nine percentage points behind Joe Mixon. Are we okay with that, Joe? Yeah, I mean, people are gonna jump back on the Saquon train pretty quick. I'll say that he didn't really break a ton of like big runs or anything, but the volume was there, which was which was great to see. I was like basically all in on Saquon and Chris Carson last week, which which uh ended up being uh, a good decision, of course, but guess targeting Miami on the ground has been something that has been certainly working for us. So Joe Mixon at 6,600, like his volume has been um, a little bit uh, on the uptick, of course. So I think that he's uh, someone that from a price perspective, like it doesn't seem like we have those slam dunk plays at running back this week. I know Christian McCaffrey is there in a little bit of a tougher matchup, but in, in terms of like trying to find like your your three backs this week, I think you can pull Coles in, in a lot of these guys like Chris Carson, Saquon, like these guys were 7,500 last week. Now they're in the mid 8K range, so they are a lot more expensive. So um, I, yeah, I think that a salary saving option, Joe Mixon is someone I talked about on my Twitch stream yesterday as being one of the, uh, the standout plays uh, earlier in the week, so not surprised. Yeah, and it's not just the matchup. I mean, he's touched the ball 54 times over his last two games, and he's totaled 342 yards over that span. Like, 
You kidding me? That's that's crazy. <laughs> He's averaging 100 rushing yards over his last six games. I mean, the Bengals were basically setting on pace to set a record for like the fewest rushing yards as a team, and they've been a top five team in terms of rushing the football over the last eight weeks. So they, they've really turned it over to Joe Mixon, and, yeah, it's a great spot. So I have absolutely no problem with that ownership. If you're playing cash, I mean, I think he's a lock for another 20 touches, Jake. Well, speaking of lock, and stick with you, Chris, come right back to it. We have the news this morning, so it could be, you know, pay attention Friday, Saturday, all the way until we get to things. But as of now, sounds like we have no, oh, no, no, we do officially have this news. I was thinking of Dalvin Cook. We officially have the news that there is no Joe Mixon. So DeAndre Washington, free square. Chris? Josh Jacobs, you mean? Yeah, Jacobs. So what, what did I say? I think you said Mixon, but... Oh, yeah. Josh Mixon? He's, he's that other guy, yeah. He's that, uh, <laughs> Wait, I'm Mixon's cold medicine. that high and he's already ruled out? <laughs> oh, I don't know man. if you can hear it in my throat. Yeah, I'm on, on cold medicine and everything, so... Anyway, go ahead, No, Chris. I knew where you were I knew you were going there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 4K on DK. 56 um, on FanDuel. Yeah, 56 on FanDuel. I wonder your guys' thoughts uh, playing him in tournaments. It is, a, it is a pretty good spot. I'd imagine his ownership is going to be pretty high as well. Yeah, I mean, the last time we saw him with it was just a couple weeks ago when Jacobs was ruled out. He had 96 total yards on 20 touches. And I think the most intriguing thing for me is that he caught six passes. He had seven targets in the passing game. But, you know, the game script worked in his favor, but Oakland's not a good defensive well, team. Well, to your it's point, not a Chris, good team at all. they actually treated him as more bell cow than they were treating Jacobs. Yeah, for sure. That's because when they were down in games, it was Jalen Richard was getting in there and catching a few passes. But yeah, you're right. It was Washington who was like the bell cow back there. So I have no problem with that quote unquote free square that the chalk play. It's going to save you some cash. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like like you said, he was seeing more usage in the passing game than we even saw from Josh Jacobs. Jacobs is still uh, in my model currently. So what, what do you guys think that the touch count could get to for Washington this week? Do you think he just like slow, like kind of goes right into that Josh Jacobs role? Or do all the people yeah. that kind of tried to get sneaky with Jalen Richard the last time this happened, like do those people end up winning all the money? <laughs> no, 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 I, no. I, I think he's looking at 20 touches. So it's just because to Chris's point, he's used in the passing game even more so, despite the fact that, well, lately they have finally started to get Jacobs used in the passing game. But initially, at least for those first couple, actually first half of the season, essentially, they were kind of, you know, using him as more of a Derrick Henry type. And as Chris mentioned is, you know, behind in that game that with he had no Jacobs, DeAndre Washington saw a pass attempts. Yeah, Jalen Rashard was involved. But DeAndre Washington wasn't coming off the field. The snap right. counts, the targets, the ta- the touches. The goal line touches too, Jake. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he had the red zone rushing there. touchdown. Yeah. No issues. I mean, uh, him versus, I mean, Joe, Mick, Joe Mixon for significantly more. I mean, you can probably play both. Like I said, there's just really like the Saquon and Carson thing is probably what we should pivot to next. Because like, do you guys think that they're too expensive? Like Carson still, like he had the perfect game script last week. He obviously gets there. Um, but if they weren't to go up big earlier in that game, like, I don't know, the passing involvement still makes me slightly nervous yeah. with Carson and at 8,500, like he's really got a smash. Uh, so I prefer Saquon, I think in that range, just on first glance, I know that it's Arizona for, for Carson, but I actually think that Arizona could play well in this spot. So I'm kind of trying to piece my way through the Saquon versus Carson thing. Where are you guys at on that? That's uh, that's your call, Chris, because I'm with you. I was 100% on him last week, but mm-hmm. to your point, and uh, I give credit to, I forget who it was. Somebody, I, I mean, I'll probably think of it at some point, but somebody tweeted out last week and they're like, why is everybody all over Chris Carson and not Leonard Fournette when Leonard Fournette is actually Cardi. used in the passing game of Chris Carson? Oh, yeah, it was Derek Carty. You're right. Yeah. And to that point, and that's the concern that you have, I'm actually off Chris Carson this week because of that, Chris, is yes, the volume should be there. But, you know, if this is a game where Arizona surprises us and pushes some pace here, you know, do we see 
you know, maybe more is mixed up where Carson only gets 15 carries and then he needs the touchdown. Yeah, I, I'm going to fade him in tournaments, but the price, I, I, right? Yeah, yeah, the price for sure, and I think he's going to be pretty popular. I still think it's a smash spot for him. I, I'm not that bullish on on Arizona. Uh, well, know, hold on, not to guys. not to interrupt you. Yeah, the, I, I do. Well, I don't want to throw this in. You said pretty popular. He's actually tenth right now. So does yeah. that change your tune? Um, not really. I, I still think you know as we get closer to kickoff, he still will probably be popular. Maybe that price tag is keeping people off of him a little bit. But I agree with Joe. I mean, there's a, the ceiling is slightly higher with Barkley because I mean the game's probably going to be a little bit more competitive, catching balls out of the backfield. We saw that. We've seen that with Saquon all year, and that's. That's why we've been hesitant with Chris Carson. I mean, the touches have been there. The carries, I mean, 24 last week. He's had at least 20 carries in eight of his last 11 games. So, again, if you're a cash game player, you're looking at Seattle. They're at home. Russell Wilson has been much better at home. They're 10-point favorites at home. So, if they do, you know, get up in this game, it's going to be Chris Carson who's carrying the football for them. So, I have no problem with him in cash, but I will come off of him in tournaments because 8,500 is a lot for a guy who, I don't know, Joe, what are you projecting? Two or three catches for him? At yeah, best? I've got him for, yeah, just over three and a half. But I mean, I, and I'm with you. I think the more I kind of look at it, at the team total is it stands out in the group of like these guys that are going to touch the ball a lot Christian McCaffrey, Saquon, Fournette, Joe Mixon. Like all of these guys are like hovering around like that 20 implied team total. Carson's at a 29 implied team total. And like we know that like, Team total is so important at running back as well. So maybe I'm I'm not going to completely backtrack, but both of these guys, like I was at the live final last week in Miami, and Saquon Barkley, Chris Carson were like 45% on plus in that tournament. So I, I wouldn't think they're going to approach that this week because last week their prices were just really bad, to be completely honest. Uh, but I could still see them both being pretty popular for sure. I can see that too. So I want to pull one back into this conversation, Joe, and it's got he has the matchup of the matchups of the matchups because – I brought this up on the the Athletic Podcast, another one with a throwback with Chris, and I said, for a team that's given up 24 or 23 rushing touchdowns, the next closest is 14 rushing touchdowns, nine more. They've given up double-digit rushing touchdowns, two-plus, mind you, in seven games. But Marlon Mack is essentially Derrick Henry, except a worse version of Derrick Henry. So Marlon Mack, are you even interested – Throw out the fact this. I know this is probably answers the question. The fact that he's the seventh highest owned right now, so that makes you just immediately say no. But if he wasn't this, if he was the thirteenth highest owned, would you be because of the Derrick Henry situation? Would you just be often because you hate that kind of situation? Just don't play guys like this. I had someone in <laughs> uh, on the YouTube comments uh, earlier this week just like mention Marlon. I think he might be the most like talked about guy on my channel for some reason this week. And I guess it's because of the matchup. Like I don't pay as much attention to that. All I pay attention to is how far I had to scroll down on how many projected touches I was getting for this guy. Um, so yeah, 6,200. I guess he's okay. I, I would just play probably Devonta Freeman in that range. I would certainly play Joe Mixon for a little bit more expensive. And if I had to, I mean, obviously we're going to get that value in Oakland. Is I prefer all those guys, and I, I don't think it's uh, really that close, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not crazy about him either, but I, you know, Jake, I wouldn't be surprised as you said with Carolina. You look at his last two games, and he's, he's been pretty disappointing. But he's he's had some tough matchups. You know, we know that Tampa Bay is really good against the run. He did find the end zone there and get double digit fantasy points. That's not good enough though. And then against the Saints last week was a tough matchup. Game script didn't favor him at all. They were down right away, and he's just not catching balls. Like he just doesn't catch balls right. at the backfield. He can. He's had games before in the past where he's cut three or four passes, but he just doesn't get any targets. So I don't know if it has something to do with the hand not fully healed I, I i just i really don't know so yeah in that price range at sixty two hundred dollars 
I mean, yeah, you go down at Freeman. Um, you can go down, you know, even you know to Washington as we just talked about. I'd much rather go that way. I think maybe in a tournament, but again, it's to hear his ownership is that high is yeah. It's kind of probably just a fake. Actually, back to back with Devontae Freeman since you bring him up. So I'm not. I don't want to talk about Devontae Freeman. I want to bring up one more name unless you guys have anybody else before we go to wide receiver, which bring up when I transition to you. But somebody I like a lot this week, and Joe, I know he's not going to look great ish in your projection model for touches but it'll be high enough with no jordan howard and i'm bringing up miles sanders and i'm bringing up miles sanders for two reasons is one is the touches should be significant not necessarily in the 20 plus guaranteed range but something that i think nfl live one of those shows broke down the same thing that everybody who's watched this team knows they love the screen game one thing that the Cowboys do on defense is they are aggressive. They're reactionary, which leads them to vulnerability to the screen game. If you're talking Miles Sanders at his backfield, seeing screens, seeing the uses they see, and seeing five, six, seven targets, I think Miles Sanders at this price is in a great situation. Yeah, I don't hate it. I was a little frustrated that I wasn't on him last week just because I feel like we've been talking about this guy for a while and missed, mm. missed the blow-up spot. But, yeah, I think in that price range, he, he's probably okay. I think I... Prefer Mixon, but I, I think their touch, I mean, their touches are relatively similar. Still have Mixon for a few more, but yeah, I mean, I definitely prefer Miles Sanders to uh, to Marlon Mack, at, at least uh, uh, for this week in particular. There's one more guy, Jake, that I guess we can say for tournaments, but I thought you would bring him up. He's extremely cheap, and I've never played him in probably like five years, but people are talking about him. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> five years. Five years. He's on a very bad team. He's on a very bad team? Hmm. Let me look at Miles Gaskin. <laughs> No, what, it's I not mean, Drake. I, hey, did you bring up Drake last week? Did you we have talked about him as a pivot off of Laird? I believe. I think we talked about that on Miles almost Gaskin, every show. Yeah, this is, that was the one I'm thinking. Of. <laughs> uh, I don't no, know. A, AP a 5K or all the AP. Oh God. I mean, I I'm not going guys. there. I'm just saying. I think that like if people want to talk about these guys that don't catch passes, I figured one of you guys might bring him up as a guy that's gonna. I mean, he's gonna touch the ball 20. Here's uh, three here's catches worst. last week too. Maybe so. is he going to? Chris Thompson is healthy ish. Healthy ish. I, me- so, I mentally can't do it. I guess I think that people might start talking about. Here's him the worst part about it, Chris. He's the third highest owned projected. Wow. That, and that's, yeah, I, you can't. When you and I talked about him, I think it was two weeks ago. Maybe it was actually when Geist went down. We had said, you know, if you're in season long leagues and you're desperate, I think you can play this guy as someone who's just going to touch the ball 20 times, get the goal line work, and maybe it'll work out for you. I mean, he has a rushing touchdown in three straight games. He surprisingly caught three balls against the Eagles last week. I, I'm not going to go there either, just in <laughs> terms of, of cash. Like, I definitely don't want to play AP in tournaments. I just don't see where, where the upside is. He's going to have to have an AP uh, look like AP of old but you know in cash i'd rather spend up to to a sanders jake you talked about the touches i mean he's averaging 19 touches per game over his last three 18 catches over his last four as well he's one off from leading the team in catches last week that's how <laughs> desperate they are so i'd rather spend up go there or or just go down to to maybe washington um yeah, and another guy maybe we'll get to in tournaments but there's some cheap backs here like camara is is super cheap and lev bell is under 6k Stop some other guys Bell? I think I would I'd rather take a shot on. What's that? I said, would you stop with Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> Actually, I haven't I don't think I've really brought him up all that much. I probably have. Like, yeah. And, no, and, I feel uh, like every single week you've brought up Le'Veon Bell. No, I don't think so. Um I I don't even really write him up in the in the DFS pass because he's just been so fresh. I want, I I want people to tweet us. To tell me tell me I'm wrong. I, I really feel like Chris, you've brought him up a lot. <laughs> I honestly I, I don't think, I, think that I'll, I have. I'll wear that one. I think I think that was probably me most likely because he was so cheap, but just like getting so many touches, but just doing nothing. 
Yeah, doing nothing <laughs> and coming off like a season high twenty one carries too in the in the quote unquote revenge spot. Um I'm not totally interested, but I just wanted to bring him up at fifty eight hundred dollars. I mean that's that's pretty it's pretty interesting in terms of a guy where we know he can he can do. We just haven't really seen it. All right. Well, I, I, I think the fans are going to agree with me. You brought him up a lot. <laughs> All right, let's move to wide receiver. You guys want to guess who the number one projected wide receiver is? Should be pretty easy. Michael Thomas? No. <laughs> Joe? Leo. No. Devontae Parker. It's, okay, come on. That. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, here's the only question I do have for you guys. So... 250 yards or less passing for the majority of quarterbacks to deface the Bengals. The Bengals have actually limited number one wide receivers to about 14 DK points or less for the majority of the season as well. Again, that's because you can run so easily on the Bengals, but let's also give William Jackson a little bit of credit. Some, I mean, he's not Marshawn Lattimore, but all these things being said, Ryan Fitzpatrick does also throw like 33 times a game at minimum. And I know that because I put that in my sleeper column, Joe. So, which side are you leaning? Because you're going to be either with the like you're going with the crowd or you're going against the crowd. Do you are you okay going with the crowd or seeing that he's the number one because of that potential with the Bengals? Like maybe it does blow up in your face. Are you swinging the other way? No, oh, I like I like this game a lot. I think that you can go to Fitz Parker, bring it back with someone like Joe Mixon on the other side and feel pretty good about it. Just like these condensed target share situations. Like we don't have this on every team. Like that's what makes guys like Devonte Parker so valuable in my opinion and guys like Fitz. Cause it's a, when there's a very clear stack, like I, I think that you have to take a second look we have these situations like what we've had with, with Philly for, I mean, the last couple of weeks, I guess we have no idea outside of maybe Zach Ertz where the ball is going to be spread out to where the touch touchdowns are going to go. So like, I like situations like this It's part of the reason I like, Arizona, Kyler, Christian Kirk, like those are guys that you can feel pretty good about your stack. Like, yeah, Parker's 6,800. Maybe he's a little bit overpriced, but um, I mean, I think the game environment is really strong. Uh, I mean, he's still, he's actually gone down a little bit in terms of his weighted opportunity over the last four, but I, I still think that he's he's totally solid. Um, and now he looked like he was, uh, he was definitely healthy last week. So I'd go back to that well. Plus the Bengals don't want to win. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> they do not want to win this football game this weekend. I have no problem with Parker. Yeah, and it's he's actually been pretty chalky over the past few weeks. You know, I've been playing this guy all year, and I've I've seen the ownership jump up, and it hasn't hasn't pulled me away from him. So I still think the the matchup is good, even though the Bengals defense has been a lot better. You're right, Jake. They're they're getting after the quarterback, but they have nothing like Tampa Bay. They have nothing to offer on the run game. They just can't run the football. So Fitzpatrick's forced to throw the ball, and he got Parker paid. Parker <laughs> owes him half yeah, that salary. Long-term contract. Yeah. There you go. All right, so if you're not looking to there, uh, let me ask you guys. I'm going to bring up my guy. Well, this could essentially have been it, but he hasn't paid off a lot. But he has of late because people have off him, and his price has continually dropped and dropped again for some reason, 100 bucks on FanDuel. Are we really that mad at Keenan Allen at this point? Like, what is Keenan? Keenan Allen is your boy, Keenan. That's what I'm saying. He's basically guaranteed two times plus value, and he's 63 and 6,700. Mike Williams, I'll even bring into this conversation both of them, going against Oakland, one of the most vulnerable, favorable matchups you can find for big plays, for touchdowns. Mike Williams is only 5,000 to 6,500. Hell, I'm really tempted if it wasn't for the fact that his name is Philip Rivers to throw in a Philip Rivers, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen stack just because good grief. If you're going to give me these two wide receivers at this price, wow. 
I'd like to see the ownership on Phil Rivers. I, I don't feel like he's going to be like sneaky. I think people are on it because you think um, so. Yeah, I do. I just I got this weird feeling, and I it's just exactly what I wrote up in the DFS pass is that if you think you're going to be sneaky with yeah, Philip Rivers wrong. and get him with a low ownership, I think that's going to change, man. There's been so many <laughs> Philip Rivers questions uh, well, I've had this week. You're right, and you're wrong Raiders at the secondary. same time, Chris. You're, yeah, well, I'll see, take that. See, he's ninth at quarterback, so you're exactly. kind of you're kind well. You're kind of wrong there, but you're well, kind of right. Top ten for a guy who's been the basically well, the well, worst no, quarterback. So, in football. I know. So hold on, I was gonna say you're also you're wrong. That, 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 that's not that high with how flat quarterback is. But what I was gonna bring it back with is say you're definitely right in the fact that his ownership percentage is seven. That's actually kind of high for a quarterback, especially for a quarterback and Philip Rivers. Run. That's yeah, and he's averaging eighteen DraftKings points per game. Eighteen. I mean, you have to go. So all there the way you go. So there's Let's your pivot. And I guess we're talking tournaments, but there's your pivot. Is just take the wire. This is now buy the icing and not the cake. <laughs> Naked rivers. Uh, no. Um, the other play, one. Yeah, I. And Mike Williams found the end zone back to back games. I don't know. I'm not. I. I get it. It's okay. Um, I just I just don't really have any faith in this. I see Joe doing so much research over there. He's looking at like multiple. <laughs> like he's looking things up. I know you're looking things up over there, Joe. Well, Even in the matchup, I don't care about, about the Mike Williams anymore. So I'll let you guys handle that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I prefer Mike Williams to Keenan Allen. I get that. I mean, now their prices are really close, so maybe it makes a little bit of sense. I'm not really on the the full stack. This, I mean, the Chargers in general, they just slow down the pace so much, and we know that Oakland ideally wants to run. So I have some pace concerns and play volume concerns in this game. I'm with you that maybe these guys are just underpriced and then they make more sense uh, just for that reason alone. But yeah, I mean, you guys know me. I'm not going anywhere near Rivers, especially if he's going to carry ownership. Like, not interested in that at all. Right. No, and I don't think anybody's suggesting Rivers. But last five games, Keenan Allen, for people being ticked off at Keenan Allen, 16.6, 21.1, 18.8, 13.3, 18.9. That's three times value in three of those games. Almost hit it a fourth time against Oakland, where he had 16.6. What I was looking one. up was he's top five in yards per out run over the last four games on the slate. So well, we talked about that last week too. So there you go. Boom. Yeah, needed one more yard from him last week for that bonus. Yeah. Ninety nine. Ugh. Thanks, Keenan. And there's always a potential like fifteen target game in the future. Like get Keenan Allen's always potentially going to see that. Same. Yeah. It's always the potential for Tyrod Taylor to come in and throw. Let me ask you real quick a strategy, and we're going to stay here. It's strategy pivot, but staying with wide receiver, Joe. Do you have a problem if you're starting a running back and a wide receiver on your same team? Depends if they're game script independent players for sure. I have no issues whatsoever if the, the running back catches passes. Same situation. And Chris, I want you to answer both questions as well. Same one. Do you have a problem starting a running back or a wide receiver versus a defense on your same roster? Uh, no, I, I don't. Um, it, it, you, I've seen before, especially you know in the Sunday Million and the, the Millionaire Maker on DK, full stacks like that. Uh, I remember one year Pittsburgh, it was all the Steelers. It was Bell, Brown, and Ben, and the Steelers' defense, and, and they just went off. And last week, geez, I'm forgetting what team it was, but it was near the top of one of my contests. It was just a full stack. Um, it actually may have been Eagles with Carson Sanders and Greg Ward and even Ertz in there and, and Eagles' defense who got the late touchdown. So it's not a strategy I normally take. Uh, I don't mind it in tournaments. I actually don't mind um, – you know, this is the same thing over the last, I think it was last year, the first five weeks was a quarterback or running back on the same team catching passes. Now that's a little bit tricky. You know, Dak sometimes calls his number, but Zeke has been catching a few more balls lately. I think a mega stack with Dallas is mega but stack. It's, it's not, we need yeah, to drop for that. <laughs> mega stack. It's not something that, it's not a strategy I normally take. All right. Then why we should go back to you, Joe. Wide receiver you're looking at this week. 
Yeah, so I think there there's a couple guys, but I mean, should we? I don't think we should gloss over Michael Thomas this week, just because we talked about the running backs, the really <laughs> expensive guys that we. Have, I mean, I have some concerns with. Uh, I think Michael. I mean, this is like one of the better spots that he could ever be in in terms of matchup. So Tennessee is 26 at defending the short area of the field. I mean, just I, he's number one in weighted opportunity rating. He's number one in yards per out run outside of AJ Brown over the last four games. He's 9300. He's expensive, but I think this might be a week where I try and jam in Michael Thomas. Do you guys disagree? No. Never. I'll never disagree with that. <laughs> never. I actually, you're going to, you're going to, well, we'll just save it. Wait until we talk about my FanDuel lineup and you'll see. Okay. Reminds cool. me, I should probably start building my FanDuel lineup. Who, who yeah. else are you looking at? I think Julio Jones is in play too. Again. Yeah. yeah so Jacksonville's is completely chase that? checked out. Would you? So here's the question for you: Would you rather spend up for Michael Thomas or pay down for Julio Jones? I think the difference, the, how wide the gap is, it's one thousand over on Fanduel, and I think it's pretty close to that. Yeah, thirteen on DraftKings. So I'm going to Julio, but I can see the argument if you could afford to get to Michael Thomas. I yeah, think, I think most people will go, go ahead. ahead. Chris. I was just say I think most people will probably think like you too, Jake. Um, you know, just to save the thirteen hundred. I mean, you last think? week was, yeah, I think so. Last week was the week to be on Julio. Um, his low ownership against San Fran. I think he's gonna be pretty popular. But it's, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I still think as good as Thomas has been all year, I still think we're kind of splitting hairs here between the two. I don't know. I don't do you remember how? Do you know how many players. targets Julio had last week? Uh, he had like fifty percent of the target share. I know that twenty, I believe. Yes, twenty yeah. targets last week. Yeah. If it's you, hard to ignore that. yeah, I was gonna say if you got twenty, if you could guarantee me Julio Jones was seeing another twenty targets this week, you could price him at eleven thousand, and I'll find a way to put him in the lineup. Yeah, I, I think he's a lock for probably at least twelve. Wouldn't that be his floor? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I mean he was getting twelve with Ridley on the field, so yeah, I mean I have no problem with that. Let me, I gotta throw a name out to you guys. It'll stick with you, Chris, and come back. Is assuming Dak Prescott plays, Michael Gallup. Over Amari Cooper with Amari Cooper banged up, and, and this is an amazing situation against the Eagles' defense. Yeah, I, li- I like actually everybody on Dallas, um, even despite wearing the hat. Amari um, Cooper has lit up the Eagles. I mean, 21 catches, 398 yards, and three touchdowns in three games against Philly. And the secondary is is still not all that good. It really isn't. You saw, they're just giving up big plays. Terry McLaurin last week had a had a big touchdown. Slayton a couple weeks before that. Devonte Parker a couple weeks before that as well. So they've just been giving up huge plays. Like Gallup, I think he's he's decent, but I think Cooper is the guy that I really want to play. And if you know people are afraid, he's been playing hurt all year. I mean, he had the foot injury in, in preseason. He's just been battling injuries and still coming up with some pretty big performances. So I'm not actually going to shy away from him because he's not 100. percent yeah, I think I have a little bit of PTSD from last week with Michael Gallup because he was like one of the the main guys that uh, some of my friends needed in the, the world championships. So uh, as far as like a bring back <laughs> on Ram stack, so I, I yeah that was uh, that was brutal. So maybe uh, I've xed him out mentally, but yeah, I mean I think he's he's in play for sure. I don't really know what to do with that that Dallas game so far. I'm still trying to kind of work through that one in my head uh i don't know like zeke it seems like they just really kind of leaned back towards zeke last week but i don't know if they're they're gonna go back to that in this spot but what, what do you guys think i know we finished running back and we can talk about zeke in a minute but that i guess that's my concern with with guy like Gallup at his price i think it's fair because i mean 24 carries last week 28 opportunities is the most he's had since week eight against the eagles too um he ran really he ran strong he looked good against the eagles who hadn't given up anything all year and 
I think that's why Dallas has been struggling over the past few weeks is that they haven't leaned on the run game in Zeke. When they have success, it seems like they just start running the football with Zeke. But I just think everybody is is going to get theirs. I, I think that Dallas could get to like 30 points and you know Zeke probably has a decent day and Dak probably does too. All right. So, hey, look, it's, they're all in play. Anybody else? I mean, there's got to be other names here. Actually, I'll give you one. How about I'll throw out this line and see if you guys can guess. He's playing somebody he's played already. The last time he played them, 10 targets, 8 receptions, 167 yards. Do you know who I'm talking about? No? no? Chris, no? No. Jarvis Landry against oh, the Ravens. Yeah, underneath. I, I don't know why nobody's backing on Jarvis Landry. Like they, One thing we've talked about multiple times on this show, the two most fearsome, de- well, two of the three most fearsome defenses, the Patriots and the Ravens, the one area you attack them is the short middle area of the field. Well, where does Jarvis Landry make his hay? Hmm. The Ravens defense was pretty awful at that point, week four. I mean, I think they made the Peters trade after. That's certainly fair. Came back after. But yeah, I because if I'm going to pick one Brown, it's going to be him and not Beckham. And Baltimore's going to score points, right? Is he? This is like a business trip for them. You sure? Like, over to Cleveland, <laughs> smash the Browns, get the bye, um, take the week off in week 17, just take care of business. I was, I was hoping to save the Jarvis Landry for tournaments because at his price, <laughs> it stands out to me, especially everyone that got buried by him last week that went that route against Arizona, just a smash spot. But, I mean, he's still top four and weighted opportunity. I'd like to mention that quite a bit usually, but this is a, not a great matchup, but these are the type of situations that I, I'm drawn to for tournaments for sure. So I'm on board with that. So then let me throw out three more names to you guys. Cause they're all priced together. Uh, they're closer. Well, they're definitely closer on FanDuel cause they're exact same price on FanDuel. They're close on DraftKings as well. I'll throw out three for you. Tyler Boyd, DJ Chark, DK Metcalf. Interest in those. I think from a price perspective, you have to kind of uh, consider the Jacksonville guys again. So I'm, I'm kind of in on that. Um, I, I think that on the other side of it, I don't know that those guys, that's a tough price point for me right now. Like I don't have a favorite in that range really. Um, but I think that that's the range that you might end up in if you end up taking some of that, that value at running back. So I'm going to kick this one to Chris. I don't have a strong take on either of those guys right now, actually. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not crazy about any of them either. I I think Boyd is is interesting, but I'm a little hesitant on the Bengals and just what their game plan is this weekend. But I think against Miami, they just they just seem to give up so many points. I've I've been down this Jacksonville road so many times, just trying to figure out which guy it's going to be. You know, with Chark out, is it going to be D.D. Conley? Showed up late for us last week. It was nice. He was basically invisible for a good chunk of that game, almost ninety percent of it. I just. I just don't feel like Jacksonville's all that good, and I just don't have all that trust. I just don't have the trust in Minshew, and Fournette has kind of let us down a little bit lately, even though he's getting the volume. So I'm just kind of fading away from from all of those guys, to be honest. <laughs> just no, none of them? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think Chark, if Chark plays in tournaments, I think he's interesting. Um, but there is there's some – I'm just hesitant in cash, I guess, to play him. Scary Terry? I love him. Oh, yeah. There's so much to like about Scary Terry. Absolutely. I expect him to be popular, too. I don't know where he is on the chart. I mean, he should be he in the top is, 10. He should it, be. Think he's top 10? What you, is that your bet, too, Joe? I would hope. I would think so. I think he's – I mean, I've already heard people talking about him, and he's like someone that never draws interest. I mean, they saw the long touchdown. Like, oh, it's time to play this guy. So uh, so you're both wrong by one spot. <laughs> he just he just missed. You know what the funny thing is? I'm going to throw his name in here because we haven't talked about him, and I don't think anybody was going to bring him up 
because right here, so I'll give you this group of names that's right here, basically from seven percentage to six percentage. So this is one, two, three, four. This is the eighth person. So Tyler Lockett, Cortland Sutton, Scary Terry, Tyler Boyd, Amari Cooper, which is surprising given that situation, but that you know is fluid, whatever. Here's the one that I didn't mention in that mix. Danny Amendola. Yeah, I yes. mean, with Harrison Galladay. Could you just I, screen cap your your reaction to that, Joe? <laughs> I might have to be on Instagram later. Uh, I don't know. Hey, his price didn't move. I'll give you that. Uh, he's coming off the big eight catch, thirteen target game, one hundred two yards. I mean, I guess if you're looking for somebody cheap, uh, because I, I I just don't expect Detroit to score a lot of points here. That's that's my only issue. Right. Like he would have to. He'd have to do something similar where it's just, you know, racks up seven to nine catches and flirts with 100 yards. But, yeah, with Harris on Galladay, I guess. I have a lot of respect for the Denver defense. I'm more interested in them than Amendola. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. I-, I don't think I can go the Amendola uh, route, especially after a game like that that he just had. I guess the price makes sense. I, ge- I just think that down there, I'm always, always trying to find a guy that has a higher ceiling, I think, than and someone like Amendola, like forty nine hundred, it's it's a good price tag. But I think that there's there's guys that have a lot more upside for sure. Greg yeah. Ward, forty two hundred. As I think was, I'd rather go that way. Would you go to Greg Ward in cash or is that tournament only? Nah, yeah, John Ross season, forty two. Oof, it's not bad. <laughs> John, here's the problem: John Ross is seeing half the snaps of Alex Erickson. Yeah, but would yeah, you he, agree that that's probably going to be on the uptick? As, no, because that was supposed to be the on. uptick last week too, and he it was he held steady. That's the only reason I actually looked this up. That's what the only reason I know this is because I looked it for a real reason. That was supposed to happen last week, and he held steady from the week before in his first game back. There was basically essentially zero change in the second game. I I don't know why it would all of a sudden change with the third game back. I have to put yeah. him in my lineup. <laughs> and the and the Bengals podcast too uh, over at the Athletic, one that I produced, they they had talked about how Zach Taylor said he his pitch count was supposed to go up and it didn't and it was puzzling. So I think that is again just a Maybe a situation to avoid, definitely in cash, but you know, I think it's interesting, Joe, maybe one tournament because we know, you know, his upside. And again, Miami does give up a lot of points. They do. Uh, but I think Tyler Boyd's the interesting one there. If Tyler Boyd can't hit here, you forget about him. He's off the he he's off the list for next year. You just you can't even use him, period. Done. Move on. <laughs> Uh, oh, Joe Burrow to Tyler Boyd. Yeah, oh, there you go. Well, look at you putting Joe Burrow already there. <laughs> it's a lock. I know. And uh, they're going to make the same mistake and have an Andy Dalton for the rest of the next 10 years, too. So congratulations. Uh, anybody before we move to tight end? Nope. Jacob Hollister, plug him in. Move on. I think you have to on FanDuel. I think you can make a case for somebody else who I really like on DraftKings. I'll see if Joe brings him up. Ulster was the guy that I liked on FanDuel for sure just because of that price tag. Uh, I mean, I think that you could probably, I mean, talking about Gasicki again, I get that he's 5,300. but second, There you go. In ter- in you brought him up. Routes over the last four games, only Zach Ertz has more uh, routes run than Mike Gasicki. Uh, he's 3,600 on DraftKings, so great price. Yep, yeah, that's exactly who I have. Spot. How about Ricky Seals Jones last week getting two touchdowns against Arizona? It's just, it just every week. It's, it's hilarious. It well, that was a revenge happen. game, Chris. So, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> revenge and the fact that it's been Arizona. So, uh, yeah, and I like both of those calls, um, Jake. I mean, you've been pumping up Johnny Smith's tires over the past couple weeks. Saints. That are, was a bad Saints matchup, are, though. Yeah, it is. But Saints are going to score some points. It's going to get some targets. It is a, it is a bad matchup. I wouldn't go there in cash, but I have, I, I'll probably have a couple shares of him. Um, just because Tannehill's just been so good. So the interesting thing is I actually like 
Hollister more on FanDuel than DraftKings because of the price difference. And also for this reason, looking at the projected ownership, they're almost back to back. A lot of people are on Gasecki finally actually number two and number three behind Zach Ertz and then Noah Fant Darren Waller Austin Hooper for everybody out there I think we'll get to tournaments here in a second but I think Austin Hooper makes an intriguing tournament play against the Jaguars and the fact that everybody's apparently I mean he's seventh that's essentially kind of off of him at this point for what he's you know he's done very little since he comes back but we'll come back to tight end real quick let's do quarterbacks Uh, like I found I'm just gonna let you guys right spoiler alert Lamar Jackson naked is in all my lineups cash and tournament i found a way to do it and i found a way to do it it's gonna stay that way <laughs> found a new favorite now that you're you're scared of Jameis. naked well he's Jameis also not week. on the slate thankfully so i don't have to make that decision that's true this is like one of the first ones in a while we haven't had tampa bay on the main slate so that's a good point uh he's expensive, i just don't 9300 like... on fandle i know Jesus. hey i found you'll you'll hear i found a way it's just here's the situation especially on fandle the price to, or like this the score per game discrepancy the next closest is dak prescott who's banged up and it's still six points per game higher than Dak Prescott. Like, because there's no Deshaun Watson in the slate. You know, there's no Patrick Mahomes. So if we get down to these guys, the only other one that came to, like, this is the one that I think you would probably bring him up, Joe, because he's your kind of guy at quarterback when you can. The only one that intrigued me was Kyler Murray. That's my guy in my lineup right now. So we're, we're on the same page. There you go. Chris, yeah. you're on the same page with us? Um, yeah, I think Kyler makes some sense because I do feel like Seattle will get to that 30-point uh, team total that Joe talked about earlier. Um, and Lamar, too. Like, I mean, if you can make it work, sure. I, I wonder – we'll see your lineup in a little bit, but like in a three-person contest with Lamar, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's – it's it's just a little risky. Like he'll probably get there. It's just a little risky because you're just not going to have that that well balanced lineup. Like you're you're probably playing uh, on one or two. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Like <laughs> you said, we'll see. But yeah, if you put if you play Lamar, you're you're obviously punting on a couple guys. I have obviously I have no problem with him. Right? And people like hesitant to play him last week and season long. Like people are hesitant that he's not going to play in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Well, the two games that he hasn't played in the fourth quarter he or played the entire points. fourth quarter. Yeah, thirty six points against the Rams. He sat most of the fourth quarter. Thirty seven against the Jets last week. He sat most of the fourth quarter. If he sits in the fourth quarter, it's because the Ravens scored a ton of points and he was a big part of it. So I have no problem with him. And I kind of like Russell Wilson a little bit too. And I think he's more interesting in tournaments if people are really going to go with Chris Carson. If they are going to just ride Carson. I mean, you look at. Russell Wilson, he's averaging 17 fantasy points per game on the road. He's averaging 27 at home. He's been a much better quarterback at home. Tyler Lockett has been better at home as well. So I think he's an interesting play and save yourself a ton of cash there. Drop it down to Wilson. So I was going to say, sorry, I thought you were finished. Yeah, uh, I was done. I was going to say, anybody in cash before we talk tournaments? I think there's (sighs) one more guy if we want to save salary, which uh, Chris was just talking about. 4,700 on drafting. Anyone go on the Haskins route in cash? If we like McLaurin, he's forty seven hundred against the Giants. The Giants are terrible. That's not bad. Giants That's are not terrible. Bad. If you're gonna pay down, I'll, I'll definitely I would do Haskins before I did Daniel Jones. I thought you were gonna bring him up because Chris brought yeah, Daniel no, Jones up I, a couple times this year. I don't, I don't really know tons about Will Greer outside that he was just like uh, horrific in preseason NFL. No, so here's here's I, a good example. Uh, this is yeah. uh, Chris knows this because I brought him up on the throwback. If you want to imagine who Will Greer potentially can be, he's Andy Dalton. That's who okay. he is. That, that's actually, actually, that. that's the best comp I can give him. But, you know, where's the rushing upside? Does he fall flat on his face in his first game in the NFL? As you said, he looked horrific in the preseason. His ceiling is Andy Dalton. And I, I, I only bring this up, Joe, is because I said this about DJ Moore, people being scared about DJ Moore. I said, if I told you Andy Dalton was starting for the Panthers, you'd have DJ Moore as a wide receiver one, and you'd have Curtis Samuel as a wide receiver three. 
So I said, there's your upside. But the floor, obviously, is he falls flat on his face. I actually really do. I, I'm a Haskins fan. I'm a Haskins mark. So I, you can't really pull me into this in the conversation because I'm always going to look for a reason to support, support Dan, uh, Dwayne Haskins. I got Haskins already locked in in a couple of lineups. Nah, the there we go. Nice. I and and I, think, I think maybe I brought up Daniel Jones more than Lev Belgic. I don't know. I think it's pretty close. By the way, Dwayne Haskins <laughs> is right neck and neck with Daniel Jones, down by Derek Carr and Carson Wentz. Ooh, Carson Wentz that low. Carson Wentz was in that, again, shout out to the PME experience, the listener league. He was like 1% owned. And he is he projected for 1%. Game. Drew Brees is projected for zero. When uh, when Pat found out I was going to the live final, he texted me one thing. He's like, just make sure to play Julio. So shout out Pat, too sharp. Uh, nice. There nice. you go. And I, and I actually did not listen to him, so shout out Pat. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You lost money because it, you should listen to Pat Mayo. There you go. You down with GPP? All right. So tournament running backs here. It's the entire year. We'll do a guest appearance. Look, are we going to go? With Barkley? Barkley! Hey, nice. oh, she doesn't like Oh, Barkley. Nice. <laughs> She's not happy. Joe, Barkley? I mean, I don't think he's going to be that contrarian, do you? 83, I mean, I, I like him a lot. I've got him projected for the second most touches on the slate. But uh, I think Washington defense might be popular in certain spots just because of how cheap they are. So, yeah, maybe you get Saquon. Yes. It's, I think he looked a lot better. Um, I mean, just in general, in terms of his touches over the last couple of weeks, I think he looked a little bit better. He he's basically trying to sprint on the field to get those goal line touches now. And they're just like trying to stop him. So, uh, <laughs> I, no, I like, I like Saquon a lot. I, I think that him and Chris Carson are both a little bit overpriced on this slate, but I mean, if you can make it work, I think that that is still makes a ton of sense when a lot of people are going to be paying down for the Joe Mixon's and the Dwayne Washington's of the world, like kind of going the other way in roster construction definitely makes sense in tournament. Yeah, I, I, I can't argue Barkley. I think he's going to be highly owned. I think people are w- more willing to spend up for him than Chris Carson. Um, one guy that I brought up just a little, just slightly, is Alvin Kamara. Just because I feel like the the entire fantasy community is is off of Kamara. Yeah. And if we have any, if we have any new people coming over to play DFS, if you're just new to the show, I mean, it's it's possible that you had Kamara in your season long league and he's just disappointed you. So you're probably not going to play him either. But and just in terms of touches and and the only thing that's different about his game is the touchdowns. Well, in the yards per gonna reception. The yards per reception, for sure. The yards per carry is is spot on. Uh, getting more catches, or I think it's more attempts per game than you know he's ever had. So it's just you're getting to the point now where he's at seventy five hundred dollars. Drew Brees has had that monster game. Which do you know what his price was last week? Yeah, it was seventy three and no sixty eight before that. Oh, on Fanduel, DraftKings. It was sixty eight last week. It went up seven hundred dollars. Okay. Um, that's ridiculous. Right. I'm looking now. I, I see seven, three, and seven. But yeah, even no, still, he's I'm he's still pretty share. cheap. Okay, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was different because it was a prime time. I'm not really sure. But um, you know, seventy five hundred dollars for a game where they just it was the focus was Drew Brees, right, on prime time to get all the records. Yeah. Well, potentially, maybe it's Kamara. He's still at least. It, you're right, Jake. The yards per per catch haven't been there, but he's still getting a ton of volume. I mean, five catches, four, four, nine, ten, eight, seven. Still something I think at that price point he could hit in the tournament. I just wonder, like, where's his ownership projection? I can't, oh, I can't imagine his top ten. It's beyond the top ten. It's not even. Not even well, close. Nobody's thinking about three, it. six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, twenty-one, two, three, four, five. He's twenty-fifth. He's right in front of James Conner and behind Dwayne Washington and Patrick Laird. His ownership percentage is one gonna... percent. Yeah, I think if you're. 
if you're ever going to do it, now's the time on the road where people are off of them. I don't know. I think I'll have a share too. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think that that's, that's one that I, I hadn't really considered, but that's, uh, I don't know. That could, that could make sense in, in tournaments for sure. And I know that's kind of what we're trying to nail down right now. It, it seems like a tougher running back slate to me overall. So I think we've kind of touched on most of my guys. Yeah, I'll give you one more then. And I like them in tournaments only because this is what Joe hates. His touches aren't guaranteed. But the production per touch has been up there with the Aaron Jones level and actually better because somehow he is still a top 10 running back on the year despite Melvin Gordon coming back. And I'm going to bring up Austin Eckler. And I say Austin Eckler's in a smash spot for opportunity here. The downside, of course, is he only touches the ball 12 times. Downside is they get up big and decide to, even after benching Melvin Gordon, just make it a Melvin Gordon game. And that's why I like him as a tournament play. But for 68 on FanDuel, and what is he on DraftKings? He's super cheap on DraftKings, too. He's five. Oh, no, sorry. I'm looking at Gordon. So he is 6,100. 61. So yeah. for 6, that, I'll, I'll throw in Austin Eckler in a couple tournament lineups. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't mind that call. Do you think that maybe they just, just go tell to Gordon to take a seat? Uh, he's a free agent after this year. It wouldn't surprise well, Gordon, me. Gordon, go take a seat. Right? We don't need your seven carries for 28 yards. They bring back Austin Eckler next, next year and, and treat him as a borderline games. workhorse, and all of a sudden he's a top 10 running back, period, done all the time. All right. Yeah, like if anybody's going to get benched in that game, it's Gordon. Yeah. I guess right. I might have one, one more guy before you move okay. on, Okay, I was going to say, uh, I was about to jump to wide receiver, so go ahead. Well, what are we what are we doing with Kenny and Drake? We just get our four touchdowns and move on, like unplayable now? It's <laughs> a good call. <laughs> Glad you brought him up. I, I, will, I think he's, he's unplayable. Okay, well, to answer your question, I think he's unplayable for the fact he's inside the top 15 projected ownership. I don't want Kenny Drake top 15. I think we missed, to your point. Like, I think you missed your opportunity if uh, – I, I can't do it. You guys can. I just can't. Not for the price. Well, I guess I'm going to have to put him on the lineup then. There you go. <laughs> Interesting. He's gotten a few catches and targets. If they are down in the game, you know, maybe he's – you know, last week he only had the one catch on one target. But there's been some games just looking at the game script where they were down and a couple ones against San Fran Tampa. Seven seven targets, six catches. Maybe if he gets a few more grabs, sixty three, he may return value. But I'm kind of with Jake. I mean, I think we missed out. <laughs> <laughs> we missed our opportunity. Yo, he could still have a two touchdown game and still pay. He definitely off. could. The definitely. problem is, is now even if he does have a two touchdown game at sixty three, that's okay. Seventy one on Fanduel again, okay. But he kind of almost now needs like at least a two touchdown game. You know, a two touchdown game last week with that price is amazing. Then now it's kind of like, all right, well, it's pretty good. It's just not as good as it was. All right, so wide receiver, Chris, you go first. Oh, yeah, there there hasn't been – there's not a lot of other guys that um, I'm too intrigued with, to be honest with you, some other ones that we mentioned. Um, I, I guess I, I keep Well, let me bring up two for you Seattle. then. I'll give you yeah. two. It's, they're playing in the same game, and they both face top-end corners, Galladay and Sutton. Yeah, um, not so much. I, I'm kind of fading that game. I just I see the total at 38, and I'd be shocked if it got to 30. I see like a 14-7, <laughs> game, but I think in tournaments, I, you know, it only takes one for for each of those guys. I'm I'm more intrigued with Sutton than Galladay. I'll say that. I would agree. I think that Sutton's the one that pops for me. I mean, he's top five in weighted opportunity. Like I don't know that those Detroit games have been higher paced than we've probably given them credit for most of the season. So I think that if everyone wants to just uh, stare at Noah Fant like they should be, uh, maybe Sutton goes under him. <laughs> I'm gonna get you a Noah Fant poster so you can just stare at him, but you can't put it behind him. You have to put it on the other side of the camera so you can just stare at him the entire time we're talking. I don't have a ton of room back there anymore, man. I'm gonna have to move someone. If That's why I said you put it on the other side. We won't see it, but you'll get to see it all. I the guess time. I could move my my David Johnson. Uh, helmets 
else can I move down there? Well, I'm glad you brought up David Johnson, Joe. So I'll bring up two more wide receivers in the same game. Christian Kirk and Tyler Lockett, we haven't talked about either. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Christian Kirk's a fantastic play. On FanDuel, he's way too under he's way too cheap, I think. Uh I mean, he's he's someone that if everyone got burned by him last week again, just I mean, I guess go go back to that. Well, I don't know why they don't want to move his price. Like we talked about him around the same time we were talking about those Carolina guys, and Christian Kirk's still down there. So I don't know. I'm in on that for sure. Yeah, I love that game. That's yeah. that's kind of the game I just keep going to. I just shares of everyone. <laughs> like honestly, I just. <laughs> Yeah, I just I really do feel like Seattle again will get to that thirty point and then Christian Kirk, I agree, he's he's underpriced and for Kyler if you know they, they want to play catch up because I do think Seattle will score some points. So yeah, that's a good one. Um I like that. And I like Lockett on the other side too, Jake. I, one guy we haven't brought up, where's the ownership projection on AJ Brown? I mean, everyone just seems to be down on Brown and Tannehill because it's the Saints and, and I mean, they've just been so consistent over the past Well, so years. there's two things. I'm, gra- I'm glad you brought that up. So A.J. Brown is still relatively high. He's seventh. He's tied with Mike Williams. Here's the other thing, and I brought this up on the rankings show on The Athletic, Chris, not the throwback, so you, you haven't heard this either. I think so- similarly to the situation of saying, all right, we're glossing over Jameis Winston loony- losing Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I think we're glossing over, and no, we don't know what his snap count's going to be in his first game, but we're glossing over the addition of Janoris Jenkins. And I say that for this entire defense, because even if he plays 50% of what his normal workload is, you boot Eli Apple or P.J. Williams down a spot, with Lattimore being the shutdown corner that he is, with Janoris Jenkins now as the number two, I don't know that A.J. Brown gets away from Lattimore because now he's just going to get Jenkins, who since basically the same time Lattimore turned it around in like week three or four, had done the same thing. He's been a top 15 corner since then. So I think this is more concerning than people realize because I think the Jenkins thing kind of got missed by a lot of people. It just kind of got swept under the rug for his signing. The A.J. Moore thing, we talked about it last week. He's just having like his last like four or five weeks have been like crazy outlier in terms of his efficiency, um, right. yards per hour and all of that. Now it's it's gone down a little bit. The price on FanDuel last week was uh, very easy to get to. And now he's 7,200 on FanDuel. On DraftKings last week, I honestly thought he was close to being out of play based on his volume. I mean, he gets there again. So now he's 7K. So like, I, I think he's too expensive. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Um yeah, I think he's too expensive too. Seven yeah, K's a lot. All that, yeah. yeah. No, I just want to bring him up. Like yeah. honestly, no, it's it's just it's been so hard because you know Joe brings up the routes per run last week and just the, the three one hundred yard games over the last four. I mean, all of that is in play. They find a way to to give him the ball, but yeah, I think at seven K, I mean, you're, you're probably setting yourself up for disappointment. There's a there's some other guys that you can just drop down to or you know jump up to. All right. Anybody else? Uh, anybody the. DJ Chark thing is that a tournament play for you at this point? Actually, for me here, it is. Yeah, well, I meant you because I know Joe talked about him earlier. So I'll give one more to you guys, and then we'll go to tight ends and quarterbacks to wrap things up. Is we haven't mentioned this team as a whole with no juju again, James Washington and Deontay Johnson. He's a good tournament play. I mean, someone. I mean, if you're looking, which one? For, I, I like James Washington a bit, okay, um, just because the Jets, thirty second in the league at defending the deep pass, like. I mean, the type of targets that James Washington has been seeing, I mean, based on his price, he's really underpriced for for upside for sure. So I think On he's, DraftKings, he's he is. On FanDuel, his price is actually pretty respectable at 66. That's true. Yeah, I was looking at DraftKings, uh, 5,300. Seems really underpriced for a guy with that type of ceiling. Yeah, at least 80 yards and I think five of his last seven games. Yeah, he's got some big playability to him. 
Yeah. All right. Well, tight ends, you know, I mean, my quarterbacks are going to be the same for tournaments. So I don't know if you guys want to talk about quarterbacks. Tight end, I already told you. It's Austin Hooper for me. And if you can, I think if you can get up to Zach Ertz, he's because his ownership's not going to be there because of the price is so high. Uh, he would be my other tournament pick. But I think Austin Hooper makes too much sense for me. If you're going to pivot off, especially on FanDuel, Fan, Fans 59, Austin Hooper 6,000. And then if you can pivot off elsewhere on DraftKings, but I, Hooper's my pick. Like Hooper quite a bit. I think in that same price range on DraftKings, I think Jack Doyle is really interesting. Uh, a team that has been throwing a decent amount uh, recently as well. I mean, I'm not really on the Mac side of it. So if, if I can get some leverage with Jack Doyle against Carolina, 25th at defending the tight end, I think that makes some sense. He's someone that's still running a ton of routes and a, and a nice team total for Indy at home, 26 and a half points. So I think 4,500 for Doyle. It's a weird price point for tight end. I, I would prefer not to be in that middle range, but I think for tournaments, Doyle uh, Doyle could be a nice leverage playoff of Mac if he gains some steam. Yeah, Doyle's interesting too. Uh, yeah, I agree up at the top. I, I think I have a lot of shares of Hooper already too, Jake. I like that call by you. And Waller and Ertz, I think. I mean, it's obvious again, I've said this before, not breaking news with those two guys, but there just doesn't seem to be a guy that's catching balls in Oakland besides Darren Waller. Right? He just he's eight catches, six catches, seven catches over the last three games. He's hit the hundred yard mark in two of those three. And then Zach Ertz too, out of all the people you're talking about people complaining. I mean, for Ertz now he's second among tight ends and catches. I saw some somebody had tweeted just the other day about Ertz being a bust. Like, I mean, what more do you want from, from the tight end position? He's he's gonna probably finish with close to hundred catches in, in a season, so he's been he's pretty safe. Not to come after you, and I think you'll agree. Come when after I, me. Yeah. Well, no, I think you'll agree once I throw this point out. If he is active, and that being Hunter Renfro, I'm off Waller, completely off Waller. Yeah, Renfro doesn't scare me. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the game log. Yeah, it's affected the, every, his, his yeah. production a lot, actually. He destroyed yeah. it for a couple of weeks there. So He did, right. and Carr does like him on third downs. I've seen that, but I mean that's not going to be enough to keep me off of him. Okay. All right, so since quarterbacks are quarterbacks, defenses, we'll talk defenses and then our lineups. Defenses that you're looking at, cash or tournament, uh, I've got basically, I'll give mine because I have them across the board. Daniel Jones is back at quarterback. Redskins get quarterback pressure. <laughs> I'm all over the Redskins at that price uh, because you know me. I, I don't like to pay up. Hey, if there's one thing I can't do, it's the mid-level tight ends, but I will smash the living hell out of some defenses for you guys. <laughs> I like Washington on FanDuel for sure. I think like all the way down there, there's not a lot of intriguing options this week. So uh, on board with that for sure. DraftKings 2,800, they're a little bit of a tougher sell when yeah. you can just play like the Saints for 27 in, right. in that range, which I think I would prefer. So I think those are the two that I'm kind of looking at. Both those teams pressure a ton. Both quarterbacks definitely will will make uh, make mistakes and take sacks. So those are my two. Yeah, yeah those are... Yeah, that's kind of my two as well. I try to be different, but um, <laughs> I like the Broncos. I think the Bengals. I think you bring up a good point, Jake, with the Bengals or the defense being a little bit better. I mean, as much as I like Miami, I think you can go both ways. I think that's just going to be a weird game right now. The forecast suggests that there's going to be a lot of rain. So Cincinnati and Miami, as much as they may both score points, the, the defenses could probably still show up as well. It, it could surprise you. I mean, you could have the Bengals give up 27 points and still have 15 in fantasy depending on what happened you know they before, especially with tampa you're right like. exactly i'll throw one more out there for you guys more tournament for me the way that jacksonville's been playing i'll throw out atlanta and a one or two just because of the pricing and you know we were talking about a few weeks ago hey look this defense has turned the corner and then it went right back to being the falcons defense but there's always that opportunity for a game so all right before we get out of here uh so whoever doesn't go first gets to go first the final week of the season so who wants to go first this week joe or chris 
All right, Joe, well, go I first. I went first last week, so someone else go oh, first. Okay, so Chris, go. You go first. So there you go. Joe gets to go first last week, next week. <laughs> are we doing stacks or are we doing lineups here? Lineups and if you want to throw in your stack. I mean, we kind of alluded to a lot of stacks already. DFS Battle Royale. Okay. Um, all right, here we go. Russell Wilson at the quarterback position. Saquon, Joe Mixon. I got McLaurin, Devontae Parker, Christian Kirk, Austin Hooper, DeAndre Washington. And then I got Washington Redskins defense. Washington, Washington. Well, I guess I'll go second, Joe, because Washington, yeah, because he stole like half my players. We got some <laughs> some uh, overlap here on my side too. Yeah. So, well, I told you I did it. Lamar Jackson at quarterback. He is there, naked Lamar. Nice. Uh, so this is why you'll see why I paid down heavy at running back, and maybe it bites me, maybe it Seems doesn't. But Lamar, Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler, Scary Terry, Landry, Julio in the lineup. Hollister, Washington, Washington. Washington, Washington. All right. Well, you guys have stole all my guys, so I'm going to pivot slightly. I had another backup team here, so I'll, I'll start at this. So Kyler Murray, <laughs> the Christian Kirk. I'm actually going to kind of full game stack that entire situation. So I am going to add Kenyon Drake to that as well and Jacob Hollister. So in terms of like what I have left now, I, I think it's uh, it was a spot where I did want to get to Michael Thomas this week. I mentioned that that's going to be a pretty big priority for me. Um, I think that since neither, neither of you guys played Keenan Allen, right? No, so, I, I did on DraftKings, not on FanDuel. Okay. So I'm going to go Keenan Allen because I did have DeAndre Washington in, so a little bit of a mini game stack with that. Um, Chris Carson as well. So Hollister and Chris Carson with kind of the Arizona stack on the other side and Redskins <laughs> defense. So basically just a, a huge game stack on this Arizona and Seattle game with a little bit of leverage in between. i got a feeling you'll be tuning in live to that game. Yeah, watching that full-fledged, and hopefully you're tuning in. Also, hey, the DFS Pass podcast, 10% off. Tune in, Joe Holka, at Joe Holka, also on his Instagram. Barkley, stop chewing on your leash. <laughs> As we do close out this show, Chris is at Chris Meany. Barkley is over here having a lot of fun. I'm at All In Kid. We will be back week 17. We got you covered, even though it is only week 16. So hopefully you guys have some more winnings to celebrate with us. Keep tweeting us those celebrations. We'd like to admit, you know, do it with you. We, we appreciate to see that we helped you make some money. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.